how many of you remember this elementary Bible song, Father Abraham? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right? I don't know what, what songs the children in today's generation are learning, but I remember that song very well. It stayed in me, but I had a question when I was singing that song. And as a female, I would question, so what, what about the daughters? Don't they count? Are we not daughters of Abraham also? And as I grew up, thanks be to God, and, and studying the word with the spirit of the Lord, I realized um, what that song was implying when it says, I am one of them, and so are you, so let's just praise the Lord. And, and what it was implying was about faith, you know, faith that Abraham, Abraham had to trust God and to believe in God. And, and if we had that kind of faith, like Abraham, then we could consider ourselves as sons and daughters of God, right? Interesting. So here I am asking the question again. So what really is faith? We talk about faith a lot. We, you know, we say, oh yeah, I believe, you know, um, I trust. And we exercise faith pretty much every day in our daily lives, right? We exercise faith even when we came in to, this, you know, to the sanctuary this morning and, and, and we saw those pews and, and we just walked in and sat in them believing that the pews will hold us up, right? And God forbid that you know, one was you know, faulted and it didn't do that. But we exercise faith every day in the simple things of life. But in order for us to live this life the way we were created to live this life, in relationship with God, in relationship with others, with the hope of life beyond this existence, it requires a faith that we can only find in the scriptures. So here is uh, Abraham's faith. In Genesis chapter 12, you know, we hear in those first four verses that Abraham encountered God. He heard God say to him, uh, you need to leave where you, your place where you will live with your father and your, your fellow family members, and you need to go to this place that I, God, will show you. God did not tell him exactly where he's going yet, and he didn't know what was going to await him ahead of time, but he heard God says, get up, leave, go, and I will show you, and Abraham went by faith. So what is faith? Faith is putting belief, putting trust, and being obedient to the creator God who created the heavens and the earth, all that we know, all that we have seen, and all that we don't know, that we have not seen yet, the universe, right? So that faith means to say that we are trusting in the existence of this great creative God who created us and even placed within us uh, the potential for us to have this gift of faith where we can believe and we can trust 
and we can be obedient to following the guidance that we have received through the sacred scriptures. Faith. But it's not always easy to apply that faith. We can say in our mind, yeah, I believe based on what I've heard. But when we are tested on that faith, then it gets a little bit dicey. So let me illustrate for you. There was this man, this story that is told about a man who fell over a cliff. And as he was falling, he happened to hold on to a little branch along the way. And he's looking down and he's seeing as he's dangling above the ground, you know, hundreds of feet in the air, he looked up to the sky and he says, help me, somebody help me. So as he said that, a voice came from heaven and said to him, do you believe I can help you? He said, yes, I believe that you can help me. Please help me. So then the voice came back and says, do you believe that I have the power to help you? And the man said, oh yes, yes, I believe you have the power to help me. Please, please help me. The voice came back and says, do you believe that I love you? And the man says, oh yes, oh yes, I believe you love me. Please help me, help me. And the voice says, because I love you and because you believe I can help you and I have the power to help you, I will help you. And then there was a pause. And the voice said, if you believe, let go. And the man got quiet and then he looked up to heaven and he says, is there anybody else up there who can help me? We say we believe, but when we find ourselves in some sticky situations, we get tested on that faith. And then we realize we have room to grow in our faith. Isn't that so? You know, think about what's going on in the world today. The coronavirus is worldwide. People are dying from this virus. And yet, there are some specific facts that get muddled in the midst of, you know, all of the hype. And then people are fearful, anxious. People are buying off all the waters off of the shelf. There is no hand sanitizers. You know, you have to make your own if you want to have it. Yes, like I said earlier, yes, there's caution. We have to be cautious when things are impacting our lives. But we have to be mindful that we do not allow fear to overrule the faith in which we live and exist in, in this world. So think about Abram. You know, we hear in Genesis, Abram, and you know, his name at the time, that was before he became Abraham, 
you would have to read all the way to Genesis 17 to hear how God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And Abram, you know, means in the Hebrew, the exalted one. And Abraham means, you know, the father of many. So hence we got the father Abraham, you know, who had many sons. But look at Abraham's fate, Abraham's fate from now on. Abraham wasn't perfect because Paul talks about that in Romans 4. <clears throat> he wasn't perfect in all his ways with God. If you were to read Abraham's story, Abraham's story, all the way in Genesis, you would see that his faith was like this. Started off, I believe you, God. Go, leave your household, you know, go where I'm sending you. He started to follow, and then he encountered some difficulties, and he was challenged in his faith. And for a moment there, you know, he, you know, he decided that maybe God was taking too long with the promise that, you know, when he said, I would bless you, and I would make you, you know, the father of many nations, and you would be a blessing to all the families on the earth. For a moment there, he, it took a while, and, it, and the faith kind of faltered. So what did he do? He ended up, uh, you know, having Ishmael, you know, with uh, Egyptian slave, Haggai, you know, because he thought maybe, well, maybe I need to interpret what God said in his promise in a different way. And then you would see him again in his faith as he journeyed. You know, the faith would go up, faith would go down. So how could God say that uh, Abraham was declared righteous, not by his works, but by his faith. And I would submit to you that what God looks at, as the scriptures has told us in 1 Samuel, is that God looks at the heart. God knew the heart of Abraham. He knew his intent to be faithful to God, to follow God with all his heart, with all his mind, with all his soul, with all his will. God knew Abraham inside out, just as God knows us. And God was able to say, <clears throat> you are righteous. I declare you righteous because of your faith. So Abraham is this example for us in the scriptures for the Hebrew people back in their time and even today and for some other nations. Abraham is lifted up as the exemplary person of faith. But maybe we are not at that level of faith like Abraham. And it's important for us to know that faith is a progressive journey. We develop our faith in God and with God as we learn more about who God is in scriptures, as we allow the Holy Spirit to give us discernment within our soul to know how to understand and apply what we are learning in our time. And the more we get tested on our faith. And the more we stand in truth with the word of God, then we are able to see the blessings of God manifest into our lives in greater ways than we could ever imagine. You know, what this word says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, it says our eyes have not seen, our ears have not even heard. It hasn't even entered into our imagination the things that God has prepared for those who love God. So may, maybe our faith is not at that level 
with Abraham. But I do believe that God has given us the example of Nicodemus uh, in order for us to help us to understand that faith in God progresses, it develops, it grows, it matures, and then it leads to action. Because listen to Nicodemus' story in the Gospel of John. Nicodemus had faith. Nicodemus, as a Hebrew person, a person who studied you know, the law and studied the, the prophets and, and all of those scriptures, he knew about God and he knew about Abraham and he knew about God's promise to Abraham. And yet, when Jesus came on the scene and started proclaiming, the, you know, that he did not come to destroy the law, but he came to fulfill the law, something stirred within Nicodemus' heart that he went to Jesus by night. And we can speculate a whole lot about why he went, you know, at nighttime, but we're not going to go there. What we want to look at the action of Nicodemus. So he went to Jesus by night with his questions, with his doubts in his heart about who is this person that people are proclaiming to be the Messiah? Who is this person you know, that is doing these miraculous things upon the earth? Only God could do such a thing, he said to Jesus. We know you are a man of God because you couldn't do the things that you did. You couldn't have the power to do the things that you did were it not for God. But even though he had faith in God, his faith was not complete because he could not understand the divine concepts, the spiritual concepts that are necessary in order for him to truly walk as a person who has been redeemed by God upon the earth. So he asked Jesus questions, and Jesus explained some things to him. An interesting thing about Nicodemus is that you will only hear his name mentioned two other times in the Gospel of John. The other time you will hear his name mentioned was when the council, the Sanhedrin, or the Sanhedrin were debating about what to do about this Jesus who was creating all this chaos um, in their region. And, and Nicodemus spoke up for Jesus. He didn't call him by name, but he used his, his arguments in order to, to convince or to encourage his fellow Sanhedrin's people on the council, that maybe they need to look at this Jesus in a different way. Maybe the actions they're thinking about doing, which was to get rid of him, maybe they need to trust that God is truly working in Jesus at the time. And then the other time you would hear Nicodemus' name mentioned is after Jesus' death. You would hear that, you know, he was with Joseph, of Arimathea when they took the body out of the cross and they were preparing the body, you know, for burial. Look at Nicodemus. He came to Jesus. Jesus enlightened him about the spiritual truths, about how we, God's people who have fallen into sin, how we are to be reconciled back with God. Jesus told him 
that one must be born of water and the spirit. And again, you will find the scholars debating what does that mean, water and the spirit. What it really means is simply that you must be born of your physical birth, but you must be born of that spiritual birth, the birth from above that only God alone can give you. And the Holy Spirit who will work with you from that point on if you let go of all of your will and all of your stuff and transform you into the likeness of Christ. So what can we learn from Nicodemus' faith? We can learn that wherever you are on your faith journey, when you come to Jesus with that little faith, God is able to take the little faith and to grow it in such a way that you can increase in your faith and be a witness for God's work of salvation upon the earth in Christ Jesus. What else can we learn from Nicodemus' faith? We can learn that as that faith progresses, we have to take action. We cannot always hide in the dark. We have to become public. We have to take a stand. We have to be able to say, even at the expense of rejection and peril, we have to publicly say, we believe this Jesus is truly the Messiah, and he died for me, and he died for all of humanity. What else can we learn from Nicodemus? We can learn that God so loves all of God's creation. Isn't that what we quote in John 3:16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And then we learn one more thing. We learn God's intent before Jesus even came into the world. We learn that God, God's intent is not to condemn God's creation. God knows us in our strengths and in our weaknesses. God knows us in our little faith and God knows us in our great faith. God knows us in our fears and God knows us when we are truly trying to stand strong for God. God knows us in our doubts and God is able to love us in spite of all of those things. It was not God's plan to condemn the world. You know, we hear the scriptures that says, it is God's desire that not one soul shall perish, but that all should come to the salvation, the saving grace of God in Jesus Christ. It is a choice. It is a choice. God's intent is not to condemn the world. So when people say God is condemning me, that is so false because it's the choices that we make that will determine how we walk by faith as descendants in, in that faith starting from Abraham. So as we go through this, this Lenten season, another year where we are called you know, to, to hear the voice of God and we are called you know, to go wherever God sends us, to do whatever God has impressed upon our hearts, how are we going to respond? Are we going to respond in fear? Or are we going to claim who we are? We are women and sons and daughters 
and children of the Most High God. We are descendants of faith, that faith that was exemplified in Abraham, that faith that came through the lineage of Abraham all the way to Christ, that faith that was, uh, you know, revealed through Jesus Christ and his life and his death and his resurrection on the cross. That faith is who we are in Christ Jesus in that relationship. And that faith cannot stop with us. That faith must be passed on to the next generation. And this is the issue that we are having in this time in our world. I just finished reading this book, and I know Herb's class, they're doing it. It's called Generational IQ. Looking at the intelligence of, you know, of the generations in the time and culture in which they were born into. Every generation, you know, will perceive this faith in a different way. And sometimes, like Nicodemus, they may have a piece of it right, but they need us, those who understand it a little bit differently and who have matured in this faith, to be able to help them with love to see this big God, this big creator of the universe, but yet to see this big God coming so close to us in our lives, to encourage us, to help us to understand that even in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of disappointment, I am still God. I am still able to help you. I am still able to strengthen you. It may not be the way you think it should be. The outcome may not be the way you want it to be, but God is still in the blessing business. And sometimes when we are disappointed, the blessing comes that we could stand on faith and we can help somebody to know that even though it's difficult right now, you are not alone. I love you. God loves you. And you will make it through no matter what comes your way. My life is in Christ's hands. We are descendants of faith. And we need to know that there's a generation of God's people who are needing to know this truth. And they're needing to know that regardless of what the culture says, regardless of what people in their own knowledge and will can put forth, regardless of what all is said on social media, there is truth, and then there's absolute truth. And the absolute truth is that God is God, the creator, the redeemer, the sustainer, and the guide of all human life by the power, the presence of God's Holy Spirit. And if that is the faith, that we have, we will live that faith in our time. We will share that faith with others. We can't make them accept it, and we don't want to do that. Just like the apostles did after Jesus, just like Paul did when he was converted on the Damascus Road, it is our responsibility to share what we know. And when we share what we know in that faith, people will see the joy in you, people will hear the hope from you, and then God will do only what God can do. He will lift them up from where they are to the place 
where they were created to be, descendants of this faith. We walk in that power. We let go trusting. We let go believing. We let go loving. And we let go serving. That is our charge this week. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and the people of God said together in faith, amen, amen, and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah.